Well, hello, Joe Hilliard. Hey, Aislinn Campbell. How's it feel coming to the dinner table tonight? I, I marched in here and said, this is our agenda tonight. We're going to record right now. And I said, I have to finish my job first. And I said, okay, I will allow it. <laughs> I have a question for you. Talk to me. Is your life boring right now? Are you bored? No. Oh my God, no. <laughs> oh my God, no. There, someday I'll tell you everything that's going on right now. <laughs> this, it, it, No. I this, wish I was bored. This Yes. So the topic has come up multiple times um, in the recent days where people keep saying, I'm so bored and aren't you bored? And, and I've thought to myself, not once, not a single moment in time during this stay in, lock in, work at home, whatever we're calling it, have I felt bored. It's interesting. It says a lot. I have. Now, I mean, I understand somebody like not having the same level of work to do and finding other work to do and then saying, I'm so bored, I'm cleaning the closets, you know? I understand that to a degree, but I don't understand the, I'm bored, let me dramatize and agitate everyone else around me and everyone on Facebook. They're and not everyone. using their free time well. <laughs> right. It's just weird to me. I, I don't get bored. I don't get bored right now because... We're cooking more, we're cleaning more, we're gardening more, we're communicating with our family members more. I read an article today about how this whole thing is bringing together a lot of previously damaged relationships. Sure. Folks that uh, were at odds with one another that are using this time for whatever reason, whatever the psychology is behind all of that, Mm -hmm. to reconnect with folks that they had a falling out with. And I can't imagine that there's very many bored mothers or fathers out there right now, especially the ones with the little younger ones, especially the ones that are younger that also have full-time jobs. Because then I start thinking about, I was telling my best friend the other day, because her and I kind of grew up together with our babies and we were for the most part stay-at-home moms. And I was always had some kind of a side hustle going and plus gardening and all of that. And she usually always had just the garden going. And then she recently over the years has added a couple of side hustle type things. But now I've got a true full-time job, not a part-time work from home, be the boss and do whatever you need to do type of job. And I I told her, I was like, I feel like I have both of the jobs now, the stay at home mom job, which I believe is a true job. And I think that even more so during this time, I've recognized that's reality. And so I hope other people have too. And then also a full-time 40 hour a week job. I'm just thankful my children are not babies, are not toddlers. I've had that conversation at work yeah. because I have workmates that have younger kids Mm -hmm. and there's nobody home. This is their first time to be unattended every day. They are latchkey kids for the very first time. Well, that's what I was going to say because I was a latchkey kid from fourth grade on. Somehow in the time period between then and now with the age our kids are, it is completely inappropriate to have a latchkey kid. You had all the after-school programs that were available rather than the kid walking home like you and I did when we were their age. I remember walking home. I remember fourth grade because we still lived in a different city. We had uh, telephones, like literal, like 
punch a button dial telephone. And then we had really, really long cords that twisted. I mean, you know what that is. And other people our age know what that is. I used to sit on the phone, the long mm-hmm. phone cord and like get all wrapped around and walk around. And I had like one best friend that I'd talk on the phone to. And then we watched all the cartoons, you know, whatever cartoons were on, you know, and then... Can you imagine this whole thing without the internet? If this happened 20 years ago? You might be more bored. Oh, you might be more bored. Maybe. I don't know, though. Like, because I am separating myself from things because I'm tied to it during the work week. Um, I'm talking about the inability to set up telecommuting quickly for your small business. Oh, yeah. And all of of those things that are accelerating right now. Of course. It would be a completely different thing. Yeah. We are more productive now or have the capacity to be. Yeah. With this tool. Oh, yeah. Did I get you way off? Did I take you way down off the off the path? Well, I just mostly I was just you know going back through the list of we've got new baby chicks of which one of them we lost yeah, this yeah. last week. Yep. We've got a conversation going on about the learning garden that I, that we were founders of, right. connected to Grow Local South That's Texas. That's taking up some energy. That's taking some time and and thought. Of course, like I said, visiting more family. You're dealing with some family stuff that's pretty big. It's I'm dealing some... with a lot of family stuff that's really big. <laughs> the biggest kind. All of the stuff. <laughs> All of the stuff. We've got the kids, yeah. you know, even if they're big kids, yeah. they're still, you know. We've and... got Savannah's movie list that I am diligently, we're knocking these movies out. <laughs> yeah. We're we're creating a podcast. Well, I wanted to say that we're though earlier. A... It's like, I am, I'm not bored, but I am also purposefully carving out completely watch TV or just completely relax times. I'm doing that purposefully. I guess I am. But I'm not doing it so much that I'm bored here doing it. We're purposefully watching this show or purposefully watching this movie. Yeah. My boredom turns into depression, which becomes a problem. (laughs) Well, you have no, given the list you just gave, no fears of being bored. (laughs) I'd love to be bored with you. (laughs) I would love to be bored with you just for just a little while. Not right now. You don't do bored well either. You're very antsy. That's true. That's true. Like a little ADHD kid. Well, let's move right into it, shall we? Yes. It's time for me to get it on and bang a gong. Unanswered questions. You've been holding on to that for a while. No, no, I just made that up. (laughs) Okay, something happened last week. We talked about, like, randomly, spontaneously, how we're eating and shopping. We mentioned Dagon Produce. Mm-hmm. And they'll deliver farm to fresh food to your house here in our town, our our region. Yeah, he's collecting from the local small farms. We, he actually used to work for me. He's kind of got to know the farmers and got to understand that there was a missing link for distribution. We talked a lot about that. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he started doing was distributing to restaurants because the restaurants couldn't get a hold of this stuff. And we were trying to figure out how to get it in the restaurants. And of course, the farmers are needing to sell it. Well, during this time period, he's had a surge in household needs for fresh produce and people not wanting to get out of their house and all of that kind of stuff. And so, or maybe people wanting to get out of their house, but knowing they they should choose not to. So, so yeah, Joel was jazzed and uh, some folks expressed interest and he said, Hey, if you want to give away one on the show, go ahead. So we'd like to do that. Awesome. If you live in our area, the delivery area of Dagon Produce... Mm-hmm. then he will deliver you a basket. And how do we give this away? Well, Joel is a photographer also. Yes, he is. And he loves to take pictures of really well-done chef-plated foods. Okay. Of course he does. So I think what you should do is send us a picture 
of some delicious food that you've made while you've been in this whole quarantine thing. So on our Facebook page, we'll post this. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to post your photos or you can email it to us at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. Uh, just make sure you get the photo to us, really. That's that's all we're looking for. And we will give it away when? Probably two episodes. Okay, so make sure you get us a get us a picture yeah. if you want to win a free chef's food basket from Dagon Produce. Don't use someone else's photo that someone else oh. took. That ain't cool. No, on our Facebook page, almost every night, I tell you what we're having for dinner, and I ask what's for dinner. It's it's starting to really kind of grow, and people are posting photos, yeah. and it's fun. I wish some of the more of those people would listen to the podcast. I have another. <laughs> that, that's helpful, isn't it? Yeah. He's also given us a code that anybody can get a discount on a basket. Oh, we have a code? I like this. It's dinner table 10. You go to DagonProduce.com, and you should take advantage of that, because I know people are alternatively shopping right now. I have another unanswered question. Okay. When I'm editing the podcast, oftentimes I will pick up on something we're talking about, and it'll interest me. I wish we would have gone a little bit deeper into that. And you said something last week, and it was that idea that you're enjoying seeing a flourishment of local grocery stores or neighborhood grocery stores. Yeah, like convenience stores that are selling, you know, more fresh foods and different types of grocery stores and bars and things like that that are selling other types of uh, needed items like grocery items. Or toilet paper and all that. Those yeah. hard to get things. Well, and that kind of setup helps with the issue of food deserts. What do you mean? Well, if you've got grocery type situations in neighborhoods, then oh, there's you a lack have... Of an ab- sometimes there's a lack of an ability to get to that. Imagine you have, because you have, lived in a very suburban area where the quickest way to get to the grocery store, really... I have to get into a car. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but maybe even the convenience store, you might have to get into the car to drive to. But even if you think about what's available at the convenience store, that's not quality. That's not... It's not even not quality. It's just not food. Peanuts and water. That's all you can buy at a convenience store if you're trying to eat healthy is peanuts and water. That's it. Yeah. So you've got folks that are living... Eating a lot of peanuts. Yeah, they're living on... They're very hydrated. Sorry. No, I mean, they're living on like Snicker bars and Takis. And if you're not from South Texas, you may not know what a Taki is. So, But you probably know what a spicy Cheeto is, Mm -hmm. a hot Cheeto is. Living on that kind of stuff. Living on beer and peanuts. You know, it's because it's what's available to you. You might even have a dollar store... And there's some there's some grocery items in a dollar store, but not a lot of fresh produce and things like that. Food that's health positive. Yeah. And, you know, I know that there is not really good statistics to tell us that in low income areas of a city that don't have access to food and are probably closer to more industrial work. They'll show you signs of different types of diabetes and heart disease and cancer and all that stuff. But a lot of things contribute to that, including the fact that they don't have access to good food. And a lot of times too, certainly in our area, in those low income areas, you're also dealing with elderly and elderly folks are not going to be able to get as easily to the grocery store across town. Right. So they're going to do everything they can to ride the bus just a little ways over to the closest thing they can get to. And that's what a food desert is. Well, we were originally going to record last night. Yeah. And I was searching for the perfect article to go into all of this. 
and I couldn't find it. But then we didn't record last night because we got into an argument. Okay. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought we'd talk about the argument. No. Okay. So we're recording tonight. I'm not taking that bait. We're reco- <laughs> You're crazy. So we're recording tonight, and we had decided to can this whole discussion about neighborhood grocery stores because I couldn't find a really good backup article. But guess what happened because of our argument last night? You found the article. It came out today. <laughs> it came out today? CNN, <laughs> why your local grocery store is making a comeback. See, and, how many times do I have to tell you that I'm ahead of the curve mm, and I'm very intuitive? Small town grocery stores have been struggling, first against the rise of Walmart and then from the growth of Dollar General. Well, food deserts don't even have usually a Dollar General in them. Okay. but for many true food deserts. But for many independent grocers across America, the coronavirus has provided an unexpected lift. And the article goes on to talk about that. As folks begin to, in the quest for toilet paper... Mm-hmm. It's not at my store, the one store I go to. They have branched out across neighborhood lines and socioeconomic lines to find the need, the things that they need. And it's shifted the grocery business, not to mention online and shipped and uh, you know delivery services. This acceleration into a different type of shopping that is a little bit more local. Oh, that this is exactly what I think should happen and I, th- I thought should have happened a long time ago. And that is... As everybody keeps kept telling me with the farmer's market, oh, people just want to shop online now. Okay, I get it. I want to shop online too. I don't want to go to Home Depot. I want to go place my order at Home Depot, then drive up, get out of the car, get my order, get back in the car and leave. But when I'm buying my groceries, my food, my fresh food, I want to go to the closest little store that's in my neighborhood and buy my fresh vegetables or my farmer's market where I know every vendor. And that's where I want to do my grocery shopping, Mm -hmm. which is different. This makes perfect sense to me. The small pop-up local store that feeds you in addition to online shopping and drive and pick up situation because i hate the groceries i don't go to the grocery store i am i am our shopper everything about a supermarket bothers everything about my anxiety the buzzing of the fluorescent lights the rows and rows and rows of stacked crap everywhere around me Mm -hmm. the temperature the crowds the way people are just you know the whole experience of it just I don't want to do it. That's I don't want to go to the mall. That's I don't why do you love me so much. Because you'll put up with it. I'll go to the store. Yeah. Oh, I love going to the store. Ugh. But not now. I hate going to the store. Mm-hmm. The store is this symbol of everything bad. The scarcity. I, there's still no damn toilet paper on the shelves. You can't say damn. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's, start, <laughs> let's go back. There's just some things that aren't allowed. <laughs> there's still no toilet paper on the shelves. And it's a month into this thing. Okay, so so the scarcity. Then the social distancing. Okay, fine. Then the lack of social distancing by the folks that cut between me and this person six feet away from me. Oh, that's my problem at the grocery store. I get irritated at people mm-hmm. so easily. Then, I'm like, why are you stupid? And then, then I don't all of feel the t- like that. <laughs> then all of the touching. Oh, don't touch me. Do you know how much stuff you touch at a grocery store? I never gave it a second's thought before now. Then this stupid mask. I hate the mask. 
No, yeah. I, the, I hate the masks. Well, the masks aren't going away. I just you smell your own breath. You, you, oh, you it's my breath hot. is always it's so hot bad. in there. <laughs> and then you start thinking about it. and It's itchy, and I guess you get used to it. But now we have I, now I got to get used to a mask, and I, uh, that's all, I'm reminded of all of that at the grocery store. I hate going to the grocery store. I hate my coffee breath. <laughs> that's all I can think yeah. about now. I love your coffee breath. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that argument last night. By the way, <laughs> all is well. I love you. I'm so interested in the shifts that this thing is is going to create, whether we want them to or not. Yeah, I'm, it, I agree. it is fascinating. It's, it's a interesting sociology. This whole thing. It is because it's a social disease. Yeah, like a social network. It's a social disease, right? And science says that we conquer this disease by acting as a society together. Mm. And what happens when we can't mm-hmm. because of old shit? Mm-hmm. that isn't real or what happens if we can't because some people just aren't getting it what happens what happens if we we'll can't find out. what happens if we can't because our governmental systems are too big i've said that about our governmental systems it's too big they won't be able to accomplish that it's too big it's too big it's too big i gotta quit i can't go on i can't i can't continue this conversation <laughs> we have a lot of show ahead of us so we are going to talk about a delicious meal that actually came in two different parts. And it was um, mac and cheese. Yes. And meatloaf. Yes. We've talked about the mac and cheese before. Yes, but... This did not have chicken. This, Yeah. This wasn't the full meal deal mac I, and cheese. I, I kind of screwed this mac and cheese up a little bit because I could not find my original recipe, my paper recipe. Uh-huh. I'm going to have to come up with... A, I'm going to have to come up... It's right there in your pile that you were going to sort. I, I can't find it. My, I, my, my sorted pile is too confusing for me. <laughs> So I am going to have to go to an, I'm going to have to go to electronic. I'm going to have to go to an electronic thing. I just see that pile of recipes over there and it's just like mm. that. I don't want to talk about piles. Well, it's not about the pile. No. It's about the, pro- it, the, the big project Joe's going to do. And then, and then the whole plan mm-hmm. and the whole, you know, whatever. It all kind of gets he was, done. He was that kid that his mom told him to go clean out his closet and he drug everything out of the closet and then he sat on the floor and played with a flute <laughs> in the middle of his shit that was all over the floor. <laughs> I, I was kind of that kid too, by the way. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to add to it. The editor, and he had a the whole edi- big plan, a whole big plan to put it all back together and he was going to do this and this and this and he sat and then... What ended up happening was he, he made a bigger mess in the middle of the floor and he played the flute. Now, what ended up happening was he had a sister and the sister said, come over here right now and help me with this other project that takes all day. A sister? Yeah. Well, he didn't have a fiance. No. All he, right. He, I was a little boy. Anyway, I, I don't know why, but I said, let's do meatloaf tonight. Yeah. I don't know why either. Cause I was like meatloaf. But you, no, no, no. That's not what you said. You said, mmm, I love meatloaf. I did? Yes. So I made meatloaf, and I did a lot of research. I, don't think I said I love. I, love I don't meatloaf. think I've ever made you a great meatloaf. No. So I did a lot of research to make the best. I see what you're doing with your head there. You be quiet until I finish what I have to say here. You don't have the meatloaf hand. I got a lot of compliments on that meatloaf. From who? From myself and from the kids. <laughs> uh, what did you not like about it? Your meatloaf is so loaf of meat. Okay, what meatloafs have you encountered that were incredible, and how were they different? They have... I'm, I'm asking for real crit. Like, tell me how to make it better. It's lo- it's looser. It's not so thick and tight. Dense. Dense, yeah. It's not so dense. You like a less dense loaf. Yes. Okay. What would you think of the sauce? 
it was better uh-huh. than previous attempts. Yeah, and previous and and a lot of meatloaf places make really bad meatloaf with really bad sauce. I'm real picky about meatloaf. Yeah, you are. I am. You are picky about meatloaf. It's a loaf of meat. Yeah, but you want it. It should also come with a very good, fresh, delicious side of veggies. And what did we have? Not that. Not We had the mac and cheese. Yeah, and then the night before that was... But you said, I want the mac and cheese. Well, that's just because this last week you haven't cooked that much. Uh, You've been... Going on with some things. Yes. Yeah. So, so you weren't so going to make it, Yeah. <laughs> make it easy. Dude, last night I ate someone else's ribs, two of them, and two little things of broccoli, and then ended up eating a ton of chocolate when I went to bed because I was still well, hungry. Well, you told me last night not to cook for you. Oh, you're right. So I, um, that was an I'm sorry I'm plate. S- um, I was still like, looking at a plate of food going, okay. I, I have been looking at our plates this week going... This is the, when you see that meme online where it's this fancy meal and then another fancy meal and then another fancy meal, and then it becomes like cereal, and then it becomes like the latchkey mom, like whatever the <laughs> hell you can find in there is you can eat, and then- If you find food, you know, eat it. It's like, I, I felt like we're, we're going into a demise. I don't think it's I'm going to like, get better. I think well, things are about I've to get, had a heartburn. That's why I'm drinking that kombucha. Well, things are about to get busy in my life, mm-hmm. and- cooking the way that you clearly are accustomed to that doesn't give you heartburn well i had a heartburn twice this week and i haven't had a heartburn in ages okay. i'm gonna need some stepping up in the kitchen yeah get the kids to clean it with have... no, no 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 cooking what all right i can't cook okay now you cooked when i met you oh i can cook but it's not gonna give me less heartburn mm. <laughs> well it sounds like you need to go to the doctor no it just means that it's Okay, so the meatloaf, the meatloaf, or we're gonna, co- or I'm gonna cook things your kids aren't gonna eat. Yeah. So how about the mac and cheese that we ate? No. Okay. So here's the deal. If you get back to the whole meatloaf and mac and cheese, mm-hmm. it, it was a delightful. I guess my point is with the ribs and the broccoli and the mac and cheese and the you've gotten really elemental, elementary. Yeah. Like I'm doing faster things. We're literally eating food that you would eat in the kindergarten cafeteria. Oh no! Come on. Meatloaf and mac and cheese. I thought we had a salad. I don't remember, but I don't think so. Uh, I don't think we did. But I forced the issue of vegetables. Sure. And even with the mac and cheese, I I I was like, can you please put some spinach and some broccoli? Oh, no, I was going to do that anyway. That's our mac and cheese recipe has got all those vegetables. And I went out and got you a bunch of good Mm -hmm. spinach Mm -hmm. from the garden. Yes. And that, so that's what it was. And it was pretty good. I mean, my, my noodles are... Not as delicious as... noodles. Yeah, they're just not. And it wasn't as creamy as it usually is. That was my bad. Yeah, so... I mean, you can't complain about meatloaf and mac and cheese, right? You know? Yeah, I don't take it. I don't take it personally. But do you know what I'm doing more of? If I don't have an ingredient, I'm not going to the store just to get an onion. I don't want to go to the store. Right, I get it. I'm going as infrequently as possible. I understand what you're going through in life right now. I guess maybe I am justifying the shortcuts, but there are shortcuts right now. There are? In the past, you'd see me skip out the door. I got to go to H-E-B real quick. It's two blocks away. I could walk if I wanted to. Right. Grab an onion. Yeah. Now I got to ask Carl and Liz across the street. I don't know if I want their filthy sugar if I'm out of sugar. (laughs) That's not very nice to our nice neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) They have Corona sugar. They have Corona sugar. What? Of course they don't. Last week also, we talked about how we live in our backyard. 
Mm-hmm. And we were sitting in the backyard last night mm-hmm. and uh, watching our loving on our backyard. And I mm-hmm. said, we need to do a segment. No, I'll tell you exactly what happened. Go ahead. The mockingbird zoomed by and chased a bird out of the yard. And I said, and that's why there's not really any birds in the yard. Because we have two mockingbirds. And the other day when that mockingbird literally buzzed my head when it was going after another bird. And then you said, oh. I have a great idea, a segment for the podcast. We'll call it Backyard TV. Right. Because we've been watching for all the... We called it Farm TV. Can we have a stinger? It, only if it's a good one. Okay. This is my idea. Will you do this with me real quick? Will mm-hmm. you create with me? Okay. I imagine that we give a news report of what we've seen in the backyard in the last week. Because gotcha. like you said last week, and it tickled me to death, the idea of... Then a quarantine happened, and now I got nothing to talk about except for the, the backyard and the garden. Okay, we're going to make a segment out of it. Sounds boring, but no, I don't no, no. feel Let's bored. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. <laughs> no, I mean, it sounds like we're bored, but I oh, don't no, no. feel bored. No, this is our, this is our TV. <laughs> so, uh, you know how in a newscast, dun, 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 like that? Mm-hmm. And then you'll uh, CNN or whatever, you know? Backyard TV. Uh-huh. But you and I do that together like we do unanswered questions. Okay. Backyard TV like that. Ready? Okay. One, two, three. Backyard, Backyard TV. TV. That. We'll turn that into something. Okay. Backyard TV. The top story of the week is the mockingbirds. They have decided they own our backyard. And they are chasing off every other bird that comes in our backyard. They might be chasing the cats off too. We might have a pair of mockingbird we've guard, had mockingbirds in the past guard they, mockingbirds they, they go away or there's some level of balance eventually because we did I install guess. the bird bath the bird bath is up the bird bath is up that's yeah. right and we were over there where we were watching a grackle mm-hmm. they take their something that they found to eat uh-huh. and they bring it to the bird bath to soak it i in my mind it's like a really hard piece of bread crust or something that needs to be moistened that's exactly or they might be putting dead bugs in our bird bath i don't know We also have a lot of hummingbirds, especially when I don't bother them by sitting in the garden, when I sit out of the garden and just watch the garden. Hummingbirds are fun. Yes. They love the backyard. And they do. They do flybys too. (laughs) Past your ear. But I'm telling you, man, that bird buzzed my head. It was going to try to chase you out of the garden? Well, it was- Was it picking a fight? I don't think so, but they will mess with you. Oh. I told somebody that I told somebody back in the days of the learning garden there was a nest in the the old Mexican lime tree, the the oldest tree out there. Yeah. And then there was a mockingbird watching the nest, and I told everybody, "Hey, y'all need to stay away from that nest because that mockingbird will get after you. Like the the mockingbird will attack you, <laughs> and they're mean. They will peck your head." Birds! <laughs> I am so glad you just mentioned the birds. So I'm going to go birds, Hitchcock, vertigo. Mm-hmm. How that? Yeah. We're sitting around trying to find something to watch, and I got a brainstorm where my son's in town, right, from college, and he is a uh, radio TV film student up at College Station, uh, A&M. So I said, hey, Hunter, why don't we make a film curriculum for your sister. She likes to know of films that are, you know, culturally relevant or culturally interesting. And we did. We made a list of eight movies. And the first movie that I put on the list was Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Yep. Do you want to hear the rest? Yeah, of course I do. I'm watching a few of them. All right. Chronologically, it's Citizen Kane. Yes. Because, you know. Right. 
And then uh, I got one of the guys from Beer in a Movie, the other podcast that I do, Beer in a Movie, look for it now, Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to, you know, young lady. Yeah. And uh, introducing her to other things. Singing in the Rain, great movie about uh, the film business, but it's a musical. And then Vertigo, which we did watch together. Yes. I fell asleep at the very end of it, but yeah, I'd seen it already before. Mm-hmm. I suggested Rear Window. Yes. Rear Window is one of my favorite movies. Well, this was a conversation that we had on the other podcast, and then we watched Vertigo for that podcast and Rear Window, probably because of your suggestion. That's a great movie. Vertigo's a great movie, too. Then from France, 1959, The 400 Blows. I don't even know what that one is. It's a Francois Truffaut film. Does it have subtitles? It's French. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful masterpiece. I have such a hard time with subtitles. It's got to be really, really good. And then David It's o- got to be like Oscar winning good for me to put aside my... 400 Blows is considered by many people to be one of the 10 seminal films you should watch in your life. Hmm. Yeah, we'll have a make you do a film report next week. So my subtitled movies are Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, I know you love that. It is one of my favorite movies of all times. And then Amelie. And there's others, but those are like top of the list. Parasite? What was that other? Oh, well, Parasite, of course. Yeah. We've talked about Parasite recently. We have, yeah. but it is subtitled reminding What's, you. What was that movie where the guy jumped on top of the chairs at the Oscar? He jumped on the Oh, uh, Life is Beautiful? I don't think I've ever seen Life is Beautiful. I think it was slow enough at the beginning when I turned it on that I just couldn't get into it. I was a big fan of that movie when it came out. I wonder how it holds up. I haven't seen it in a very long time. <laughs> okay, but continuing the list, yes. it's, uh, our friend David also suggested a movie called Good Morning. Good Morning, okay. From, by a Japanese, very famous Japanese director, Ozu, uh, from 1959. Savannah's going to like that, right? Because she's into Japanese da- all stuff. She is David's kid's babysitter. Uh-huh. And he knows her interest in Japanese culture and uh-huh. you know, anime and stuff like that. This is not an anime movie, but it's a movie that might introduce her to a type of Japanese filmmaking. Also subtitled, I assume. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of fart jokes in it. Uh, oh. Let's fast forward to 1982 with John Carpenter's The Thing. <laughs> that was Hunter's I Got to Have This on the List. So we're going to watch some good old-fashioned 80s horror gore. Interesting. Will you watch that with us? I don't know. Probably. I'll... I'll... Fall asleep watching a movie. Pulp Fiction, 1994. We all we're, we all watch it together. And my favorite is Reservoir Dogs, of course. Yes, yes. Uh, Pulp Fiction, I, I covered my eyes during the gimp scene. And then I just forgot that my daughter was in the room. What was funny was that as I was passing through, because you were like, come watch this movie. I was like, you know what? I could repeat this movie word for word to you. Right. And as I was passing back and forth, you know, I'd, I'd start repeating the words to the movie. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny, though, because I've seen that movie a lot of times. Yeah, it, it holds up. And then finally, Lost in Translation, just I one of my personal movie. favorites yeah. in at the Japanese culture. I did watch most of that with you. Young Scarlett Johansson. So, yeah. so it was, again, being purposeful with our TV time, I'm never bored. And speaking of meals and the decline... <laughs> I was sitting in the backyard and you came in and you're like, I got the kids a water burger. And I was like, no, you didn't. That's I took my daughter out of this house for the first time in a month. She has been stayed at home for a month. She hasn't gone with me to the store. She hasn't. We've taken it seriously. And I was going to the farmer's market. I was like, hey, you want to go to the farmer's market with me? It's outside. There's plenty of social distance. Yeah. And of course, our beautiful downtown farmer's market is right across the street from a Whataburger. This kid hadn't had fast food in over a month, so I just said, of course. So we got Whataburger for the kids. You did not, I did not eat Whataburger for the kids. 
I actually have been craving a water burger in some way. If I brought way. you a water burger, would you eat it? Not right now. I wouldn't. I'm so so paranoid of fast oh, food. Oh, 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 like I just really I yeah. Interesting mm-hmm. in, a, in a way that yeah that you're not with like a nicer restaurant. I guess. I mean, like, why, we what's the that. difference in the taquerias? Speaking of segues. Well, we had a taqueria takeout leftovers that night. You're right. There's a decline in the amount of cooking going on. And so when I do a takeout, and I'm going to be the one to pick it up, mm-hmm. I'm trying to, you balance like the money that you're spending. So we can't go to, you know, the nicest restaurant in town every time we go out to eat. And then you also, though, want to please everybody in the house as best you can. Taqueria or Mexican food always hits everybody right in the mouth. So we had taqueria again this mm-hmm. week. So I don't know why taqueria is okay, but fast food's not. In this, From a corona in, standpoint. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I just love our little neighborhood taqueria. Yeah. And, th- and this time we went to the neighborhood taqueria. The one that was uh, closed for a while. Yeah. Go back up and only closed because they were figuring out how to stay open. So you had made a post in our neighborhood group the other night about the ribs we're going to talk about on another day. Mm-hmm. I realized that I had, I guess, at some point when I first got involved in that group, I must have turned the notifications off for it because maybe there was too much of Lost Dog. And I'm pretty certain at one point I saw, has anybody seen that guy with a long black coat on walking around the neighborhood? And I thought to myself, well, shit, it's 60 degrees and windy and cold outside. (laughs) I'm like, well, why can't a guy walk around the neighborhood with a coat on, you know? And it just became this like... Fear-based instead of joy-based. Every yeah. every interaction on there, every mm-hmm. notification on there. And and I know it's not everyone, but it was enough of them that I was like, yeah, I, I can't do this. Uh, but I do use the group sometimes. When I'm growing too many vegetables, I'll say, is there anybody in the neighborhood that wants some veggies? And they'll, yeah, yeah, you know, and... I posted about the backyard garden talk in there because, you know, neighbors. And when I was running for mayor, I posted a couple of posts in there because I'm your neighbor running for mayor, that kind of thing. But then I realized that over the time since the COVID stuff has happened, that that group has gotten really active and positive mm-hmm. and like, like... How can we help one another? Yeah, yeah which is what the neighborhood groups should, should be. Should be about, yeah. Exactly. And so as I was going back through it, I saw someone post something. Actually, uh, Joe Chavez down the street, he posted, hey, did you guys know that that our taqueria has opened back up again and they're serving such and such and you can do pickup? Oh, I love my neighborhood taqueria. Mm-hmm. I commented on it. Well, then a lady said, thank you so much. And I looked at her profile and she's the owner of Santa, Santa Rosa. Rosa. And I'm like, I want to be friends with her now. Are you friends I, with her? Well, I, 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 I asked. You requested? Yeah. I hope, she, I hope she accepts you. I do. Because I want Rejection is so hard. I support her restaurant a lot. Big time. And I want, and I tell people about it and mm-hmm. I believe they, they have, have the best breakfast, breakfast tacos. tacos. Yeah. Yes, they're good. They're Santa good. Rosa. We ate some other takeout food, but we'll, you know, maybe do a takeout. Takeout TV? No. Too much. Too oh. many. Okay. Too much. Okay, now it's time for a breakdown. Get down, get down, get down, get down. Table topics. No. Mm. Okay, so are you going to go get the kids for table topics? Oh, yes. uh, you, in your agenda that you uh, told me we were doing tonight. I would like to have all of our kids that are home on table topics tonight as a representation of our dinner table kind of quarantine time. Did you warn Lily? Because she hates talking. She like was the time. least 
excited about it. Correct. But she is going to come, probably due to peer pressure. She has a fear of speaking like in public type of things. Well, she doesn't know that we're having this conversation. She was a cheerleader too. Not funny. Yeah, but that's... She didn't really like it that much. That's just one voice in a chorus of voices shouting, But even still, it was like the idea of being a cheerleader was cool. But when she got up there, you were like performing in front of, you know... People. Yeah. A lot of people. Because she doesn't like that. She gets nervous about it. I'll go get the kids. Okay. Well, I only came back with two. Yeah, I had a feeling that Lillian wouldn't do it. I told you she doesn't like it. Well, it's my kids. It's Savannah. What's up? And uh, Hunter. Yo. <laughs> Interesting. I, I talked earlier about your film thing. How, do you, how are you enjoying it? It's fun. We've watched three movies. Have I shown you anything amazing yet? Yeah, I liked Vertigo. That was your favorite one? Yeah. Okay. Singing in the Rain's next. Sure. Okay. Connor, are you down for Singing in the Rain? I mean, isn't that like Julie Andrews, right, when she was young? Mm, no, it's not oh. Julie Andrews. It's... um. Oh, Julie Andrews is... Sound of Music. Sound of music. No, that, if you were thinking of Sound of Music, that's not one that I would have put on there. Yeah, I've always had the... No, not like a Fred Astaire. No, it's Gene Kelly. Gene Kelly, sorry. Oh, Gene Kelly. Where I got Fred Astaire from. Who's the girl? Debbie Reynolds, because I know so much about movie names and actors and actresses. By the way, I had, I had to Google that. You pulled up Debbie Reynolds just like you knew exactly what it was. I never know the names of actors and actresses in movies. So I've got the question, and I got it from the Not Your Mom's Dinner Party kind of situation. Okay, you ready? What song would you sing at karaoke? Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Hunter, have you done karaoke at college? No. <laughs> really? No, I haven't. I have not done that yet. What's the song that you like know all the words to? Is karaoke a thing anymore? None of my friends or people have asked to go do karaoke, so I don't know. It's interesting because that's like all we did in college was go to karaoke. Oh, God. We did so... Every bar did karaoke and there was... It was a theme. It was performances. And yeah, my song is Killing Me Softly, always. But uh, the Fuji's version, Lauren Hill's version. Na, na, na. You've done it before? Oh, yeah. Every time. And then I took you to see Lauren Hill. You did take me to see Lauren Hill. Yeah, I'm a winner. And I got to hear her sing it. She had her Easter bonnet on. She looked awesome. Seems like whenever you think of a karaoke song, you only think of like, older songs like i don't think anyone's going to karaoke and singing like newer songs which are the songs i tend to listen to but this is your karaoke to do yeah i would probably pick thinking of like an older song i guess like i bet this is a big karaoke song but like zombie by the cranberries oh yeah it's a good one that would be a good karaoke song yeah that'd probably be mine I think we need to take him to do karaoke i want to hear him sing zombie whenever we can get out and do things we're gonna go do all of them I don't like karaoke in big groups of people. Okay, so this is the girl that I took to our local dive bar, rock and roll bar. You might see punk bands there, open mic nights to sing in front of groups. So I don't buy that answer at all. You want to? Let's talk about some of the songs. I don't like karaoke in big groups of people. So you're opting out of our karaoke night, is what you're saying? I would sing. I can't think of a song. Okay, Um, y'all get out of here. You're, 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 you're killing my vibe. That wasn't as much fun as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, 14-year-old girls. Mm. 
Hey, thank you so much for joining us at the dinner table tonight. Of course, there's always many ways you can reach out and get in touch with us. Facebook, Instagram, dinnertabletalks.com. Send us a message or give us a review. Make sure that you're listening and sharing with your friends. All those things make more people have access to the dinner table with Aislinn and Joe. We look forward to seeing you next week.